Hello, I'm Bill Bunkley, and welcome to this special presentation, The Story of Easter. Easter is one of the most important of holidays, most important of spiritual significance to men and women around the globe. And today we want to just take a few moments to look at the significance of not only Easter, but that week leading up to Easter. Jesus was preparing to go to Jerusalem, knowing what he was awaiting there makes the story that much more compelling. A week before Easter, he is making his way to the Holy City. He spends the weekend seven days before Easter, as we know it today, and that is the day of his resurrection. But we take you back a week before where he's actually staying with some friends. He's in Bethany. He's at the home of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. He spends Friday and Saturday there, the best that we can tell. And as he is preparing for his triumphal entry, that's going to be happening, of course, on Sunday. And we read in Matthew, the 21st chapter, that now when they drew near to Jerusalem on that Sunday morning and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Unloose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. Now, I want to tell you it's very interesting because people don't realize sometimes that there was actually two donkeys. One was the colt that had never been ridden upon, and then, of course, the colt's mother. And because of the relationship between the colt and the mother, many believe that's why they summoned both animals. So as Jesus would later ride upon the colt, the colt would be perfectly at ease because the colt would not have been recently separated from the mother of the colt. And so as we sort of look at that picture and begin to see what's unfolding, and of course, Jesus now is going to be moving. He's going to start coming into his own, and he's going to be climbing upon that colt and descending down the Mount of Olives. Now, what's important about this is that people are starting to gather. For you see, because of the oppression of the Roman authority, as well as those of the temple authority, the people of Jerusalem were looking for a savior. They were looking for a king. What they didn't understand was that um, King Jesus, as he was going to make his triumphal entry into the city, was not coming as a conquering king. He was coming as a spiritual king. Now, don't get me wrong, one day he is going to come again, and he is going to be coming the second time as a conquering king, but this is not what his mission was on this day. So as Jesus begins to ride on this triumph triumphant journey into the city, people are coming, and they are shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They are throwing blankets on the road. They're throwing palm leaves on the road. And one of the reasons for this is there were literally hundreds and hundreds of people who were coming out, and the crowd was gathering and, and growing. Now, remember that that would have been a very, very dusty road. And so many scholars believe the reason why they were throwing the, the blankets and the reason why they were throwing the palm branches on the road was to keep the dust down that as this big crowd was proceeding and, and all of this worship of Jesus was going on, it was an, an opportunity for them to, to not only show this royal entrance. And by the way, Jesus was going to be entering from the Mount of Olives, which was on the western side, excuse me, on the eastern side of the city. Understand that this was in direct opposition to where when the Romans entered the city, of course, the Romans would be coming in from their fortification at Caesarea by the sea over on the Mediterranean, which is on the west side 
of the city of Jerusalem. So the Romans, when they came with all of their pomp and circumstance, they came in from the opposite side, on the western side in the western gate of the city. So this also had great significance for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus arrives, of course, he goes straight to the temple. And when he arrives at the temple, Matthew tells us, Now, when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing. Which of you tell me? I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? Well, this was one of the many times that Jesus' parables really, really baffled the chief priests and the scribes. So they were reasoning among themselves, and while they were there, they said, If we say it's from heaven, Jesus will say to us, Well, then, did you not believe him? But if we say it's from men, well, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, and they said, the only safe answer, we don't know. Well, as Jesus was in the temple, he said, if you don't know, I don't know. So Jesus begins to call out. Jesus begins to lay the groundwork for the tremendous animosity that's going to be building up between the Jewish leaders of the temple and to Jesus himself. And in fact, Jesus predicts the destruction of the temple. The scripture tells us then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. Because remember that he entered on Sunday. The triumphal procession led to the temple. He had this encounter, but then he departed from the temple. And so scripture tells us, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all of these things? Assuredly, I say to you, Not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown completely down. And so he retreated on that day of the triumphal entry. He retreated back to the Mount of Olives. And scripture tells us that while on the Mount of Olives in Matthew, now as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All of these things are the beginning of sorrows. And so as we place this in the timeline, this is later on Sunday, a week from when he would be resurrected from the dead as he's teaching on the Mount of Olives. And of course, we also hear about the Great Tribulation. In Matthew, we also read, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of the house, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe! to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babes in those days and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath for there will be great tribulation such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time nor shall ever be and unless those days were shortened no flesh would be saved but for the elect's sake those days will be shortened And so as the day is rounding out, the disciples are getting some of the most important instructions 
about what will be happening happening in coming days, coming generations, coming centuries. Though they did not know the timeline, they were being briefed by the Lord himself of things to come. Now, at this time, they were plotting to kill Jesus. The chief priests, the scribes, and the Sadducees, they've they've just about had enough of this this insurrectionist, this this person that was going to be possibly challenging their authority. And it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings that he said to his disciples, You know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and to kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. And at one of the darkest days in the history of the church was the day when one of the twelve, his name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. And so from that time, he sought the opportunity to betray him. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the story of Easter. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to pick up the story at Passover as Jesus is celebrating the Passover with his disciples. Faith Talk 570, WTBN. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-285-0395. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-285-0395. 800-285-0395. I want to tell you about my good friends at ACS Home Services. All you have to do is make one phone call at 813-544-2467. And you know what? One call does it all with ACS. Whether it's your air conditioning unit, your heating, your electrical, maybe you've got problems with windows and doors, they do a lot more than just come out and service your central heat and air. They are your go-to specialist that I went to, and I'm going to tell you, you need to go to. And by the way, if it's something that happens after hours, emergency services are available 24-7, And there's not an after-hour charge. Your air conditioning is about to get cranked up for the summer. Get that maintenance check today. Call right now, 813-544-2467, 813-544-2467, or go to their website right now at acshomeservices.com. That's acshomeservices.com. And again, tell them Bill Bunkley sent you. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome back to our special presentation, The Story of Easter. I'm Bill Bunkley. We're going to pick up the story of the story of Easter now when Jesus is going to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. Of course, we believe this took place on Thursday evening, sometime between the 6 and the 9 o'clock hour. And it's an opportunity for us to begin to understand a little bit of what was Jesus thinking? What was the thought process as he was to go through this gathering of his disciples and later to retreat to the Mount of Olives? And of course, 
The Last Supper is something that's been depicted in many, many art renderings and in the hearts and minds of so many of, of the people who follow Jesus. We pick up in Scripture. Now, on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. Now when the evening had come, Jesus sat down with the twelve. And while they were eating, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Can you imagine at that moment the disciples were looking around at each other knowing that one of their own, one of their band of brothers was going to betray the master? Scripture tells us they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them, not trusting their own heart, began to ask, Lord, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Jesus answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. That is just something very awesome to contemplate. Imagine being the one who would deceive Jesus. But the question that we all have today, how many times have each of us sinned and denied Jesus in our heart? Judas, who knew he was betraying him, but still asked the question, Rabbi, is it I? And Jesus said, you have said it. So so imagine that they continued on at this point in the celebration of the Passover. Jesus has now named his betrayer. Judas exits. He leaves. We'll pick up his story again in a moment. And now the Lord is about to institute the Last Supper. And this is something that uh, we still observe today. This is something that the church is, is a very important part of what we do to remember him until he comes Again, And so if you can imagine now, Jesus is looking over the 11 and not the 12. The scripture says that as they were eating, Jesus reached over and picked up a loaf of bread. He blessed the bread. He broke it. And he gave the bread to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, and he gave thanks for the cup, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so as the hours begin to click on, as we're getting closer to the events that would be happening of one of the greatest injustices known to man during the next 12 hours, Jesus is instituting the Last Supper. Peter. Peter, who we've grown to love, Peter, who we can all relate to, Peter, once again, being, well, just Peter. 
Jesus talks about the fact that all of the disciples will soon be fleeing from him. But Peter challenges the Lord Jesus and says, not I, I'm not going to be one that's going to flee from you. In fact, the Lord, I'm with you through thick and thin. I'm going to be here with you. In fact, Peter tells him in Scripture, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Peter, the brawny, great fisherman of Galilee, felt pretty sure of himself. But Jesus turned, and and I can only imagine the gaze that Jesus had as he looked into Peter's eyes. And Jesus said to Peter, Assuredly, I say to you this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And of course, Peter denies that that will happen, but as the story unfolds, we will learn more about Peter's humanity. And as Jesus and as the eleven disciples sat around that very blessed dinner table, they sung a hymn. And as they closed out their Passover celebration, and we believe that was in the area of about uh, 9 o'clock in the evening, they then departed and headed out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus would eventually be going in to the Garden of Gethsemane. As nightfall is now approached, as this night of Passover is about to begin, remember that the plan is now unfolding. And the plan is to try Jesus. The plan is to get rid of Jesus. And the plan is to have all of this take place overnight under the cloak of darkness. And to do it in such a fashion that the people would not revolt in support of Jesus. Have you ever thought about the mind of Christ from the point of view of what did Jesus think when he was standing on the Mount of Olives on that triumphal entry? Knowing of the horrible week that lay ahead of him. Imagine the mind of Christ sitting there at the Last Supper, trying to give the final instructions to his followers, knowing full well what was before him. But that plan being veiled from his disciples. Imagine the hymn. Imagine the walk from what we celebrate as the upper room. Down and outside the old city gates of Jerusalem. Down into the Kidron Valley and then back up on the next ridge to the east, which is the Mount of Olives. I think about what Jesus must have been contemplating during that walk. Because as we'll talk about in the next segment, Jesus is going to be having maybe the most serious conversation in prayer with his Heavenly Father of his entire ministry. When we come back, we'll go to the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane as the events of the betrayal begin to unfold. I'm Bill Bunkley. This is the story of Easter. Faith Talk 570 WTBN. 
online at letstalkfaith.com, a service of the Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A Capitol Police officer has been killed after a man rammed a car into two officers at a barricade outside the U.S. Capitol and then emerged from that car wielding a knife. The suspect died at a hospital. Capitol Police Acting Chief Yogananda Pittman did not identify the slain officer or suspect. Authorities say the attack did not appear to be related to terrorism. The crash and shooting happened at a security checkpoint near the Capitol as Congress is on recess. America's employers adding 916,000 jobs in March, a sign that a sustained recovery from the pandemic recession is taking hold. The unemployment rate has declined from 6.2 to 6 percent. Wall Street is closed due to this Good Friday. Trading will resume on Monday. On Thursday, the three major indexes all finishing in positive territory. Moss Nissan is simply the best around. In 2020, we delivered over 6,000 vehicles to customers around Tampa Bay. And we pride ourselves in making sure that every one of those customers receive top value for their trade, the best financing rates available, and the best experience possible. Our goal this year is to become the best Nissan dealership in the nation. And with all things being equal, our goal is to never lose your business over price with our best deal guarantee. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. When it comes to hiring an AC, plumbing, or electrical contractor, finding one you can trust has always been a challenge until now. Cornerstone Pros. Commitment to quality surpasses customer standards. You can count on the technicians at Cornerstone Pros to go out of their way to deliver an exceptional experience. That's the cornerstone difference. Call 813-291-0522. For service like it ought to be. Meet Skip, senior pastor at Sand Hills Neighborhood Church. I told you if we broke attendance records, I'd get the church logo tattooed on my arm. And meet Guy, the youth pastor trying to break through the noise. I just want the church to get back to the gospel. Problem is you're trying to get your message across. Uh, the gospel. Right, right, right. And ain't nobody listening to that. But this mega church. A good Friday and Easter. I need something big. Has one mega problem. Bigger than the resurrection. Bigger than anything we've ever done. National headlines. Preach on the death and resurrection of Jesus. An actual crucifixion. This Easter, ask yourself, is the gospel enough with this hilarious new comedy? Operation Stop, Skip as a go. That's awesome. Church People, starring Thor Ramsey and Stephen Baldwin. Amen. Stream it on your TV, tablet, or phone. Go to SalemNow.com for details. SalemNow.com. Use promo code TAMPA for additional savings. Sunday mornings at 9, join Rabbi Stephen Weiler for Heart of Messiah. And that's Luke 21, 24. We go there that when Jerusalem is back in the hands of Jewish people, the blinders will start coming off. That's when the time of the Gentile is being fulfilled. Heart of Messiah, Sunday mornings at 9 on Faith Talk, AM 570, and online at letstalkfaith.com. Take Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 with you wherever you go. Using our mobile app, letstalkfaith.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at radio.com. Church is where you find the teaching and fellowship to grow in Christ. But between Sundays, how do you keep your spiritual gas tank filled? God will work whatever you bring with Him. So the challenge is, the enemy of your soul wants you to focus on what you can't do, what you don't have. Don't work with what you got. Blossom right where you are. AM 570 and 910. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. And we're back with the story of Easter. I'm Bill Bunkley, and uh, we are talking about that very important week, the Holy Week. And we pick up the story now as Jesus has arrived on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus is now entering into the Garden of Gethsemane. The scripture tells us that Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And our Lord was deeply distressed 
deeply sorrowful. And he said to these three disciples, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Then Jesus went a little bit further into the garden. He fell on his face and began to pray. Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came back to the disciples and he found them asleep. And he said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit, Jesus said, is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And then Jesus departed and went further into the garden again to pray. O my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came out and he found them asleep again. For the scripture tells us their eyes were weary. So Jesus left them again and he went to pray alone a third time. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour now is at hand. And the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Look, my betrayer is at hand. Now we believe this was happening sometime between the 9 o'clock hour and 10.30 on Thursday evening after the Passover. And now we have the torches. Now we have the guards. The high priest is making his move. The one who would betray Jesus is leading the entourage. And while Jesus was still speaking, the scriptures tells us, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude of swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given him a sign saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. And immediately Judas approaches and walks right up to Jesus, looks him in the eye and says, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kisses him. Jesus looks at him, I believe, straight in his eyes and says, Friend, why have you come? Now, Jesus knows the answer to that. Just like so many times when Jesus asks us in his spirit questions that he already has an answer, knowing that it is important for us to face and to answer those important questions. So they came and they laid hands on Jesus and they took him. And suddenly, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword. And he struck the servant of the high priest and he cut off his ear. Name was Malchus. Jesus turned around and said to him, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and that he would not provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thusly? In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat with you daily. I sat with you teaching in the temple and you never seized me. You never arrested me. But all of this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples abandoned him and took off running. Every last one of them.
Jesus alone in a dark garden on the Mount of Olives, lit up by the torches of the guards of the soldiers, was now on his own. Now those that came to arrest him, they led him back into the old city of Jerusalem to Caiaphas the high priest, where all the scribes and elders were assembled. And by the way, this was a legal gathering. This was the beginning of an illegal proceeding. They were not following Jewish law. This was a lynching. Peter actually followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard and then went in and sat with the servants to see what was going on. Now the priests and the elders and all the council, they were, they were bringing up their false testimony against Jesus because they wanted to put him to death. Many false witnesses came forward. Many came in this bogus trial of our Lord and Savior. A lot of discourse went on between Jesus and the high priest. And all four of the Gospels speak to the dialogue that went on that evening. But the high priest at one point arose and said to Jesus, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? That's the false witnesses. But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us. Tell us if you are the Christ. Tell us if you are the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, and I can just picture Jesus looking intently into the eyes of the chief priest. It is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. At that point, the high priest reached up the top of his garments and he ripped his garments, saying, He, Jesus, has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard his Blasphemy, what do you think? And the other priests gathered, began saying, He, Jesus, is deserving of death. Now, as this was going on, Peter was outside in the courtyard, and a young servant girl came to him saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But Peter denied it. Peter says, I don't know what you're saying, not me. And when he had gone to the gateway, yet another girl saw him. Two women confronted him and said to those who were there, she pointed at Peter and she said, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not even know this man. And yet a little while later, those who stood by came up to Peter, recognized him, and said, Surely you are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then Peter began to curse. That's right. Peter is cursing. Peter is swearing, saying, I don't know this man. And immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the words of Jesus, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. I can only imagine, I can only imagine the pain in Peter's heart. Well, when we come back, we're going to be picking up the story as Jesus is now led away from the high priest and he's handed over to Pontius Pilate. Because they don't want to do the dirty work. They want Pontius Pilate to do the dirty work. 
We'll pick up with the story at that point in just a moment. Faith Talk 570, WTBN. What if you could unpack once but wake up in a new majestic destination every morning? Join Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and Michael O'Brien on the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise the summer of 2021. Along with teaching from God's Word, you'll see the Creator's handiwork in picturesque scenes surrounding the ship before stepping off into ports like Juneau, Sitka, and Ketchikan. Visit the famous Hubbard Glacier with its impressive wall of translucent blue ice. Combine this with daily teaching and worship and friendly fellowship. You won't want to miss this trip of a lifetime. Call 855-565-5519 to join or visit deeperfaithcruise.com. Discover the wonder of Alaska. Seven life-changing days of powerful worship and Bible study featuring Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and Michael O'Brien. Sign up now, 855-565-5519, or visit deeperfaithcruise.com. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Bill Bunkley, and welcome back to this special presentation of the story of Easter. We're going to pick up the story as Jesus is now being turned over to Pontius Pilate. He is now leaving the Sanhedrin, and now he's going to be put before the Roman civil law. And in fact, he's going to have a trial, an open trial, where many are going to watch the proceedings. At this time, we also learn of the fact that Judas realizes what he has done to Jesus. And Judas hangs himself. Now, Matthew tells us that he hung himself. Luke has a different account in Acts where he says that Judas purchased a field with the 30 pieces of silver and that he he fell. He had an accident. He fell headlong and, well, he had a very horrific accident where he had all of his bowels were thrust out of his body. And yet there's still some other people who, the scholars, who contend that uh, in the process of hanging himself, he slipped and actually uh, impaled himself on a rock. But we don't really know. Some think he was murdered. But uh, other than what we hear, other than what we read in Matthew and Luke, that's what we know. But nonetheless, the conscience of Judas was too much for him to bear. We pick up the story now as Jesus is going before Pontius Pilate. Now, Jesus was born in the Galilee. Pontius Pilate feared taking action since Jesus was born in an area that was really out of his immediate jurisdiction. Now, Herod Antipas was there as well, and so he begins to try and figure out a way that maybe he could pardon Jesus in all of this process. But as Jesus is before him, with all the pomp and circumstance, very early in the morning, I might add, it is still a mockery. Because what's happening is, is that while he's before Pontius Pilate, he finds that the Roman procreator, procurator is trying to cut a deal. So he brings out a murderer, Barabbas, and he allows the crowd to make a decision, a decision where he says, in recognition of the Passover, he will follow the Roman tradition and he will release a Jewish prisoner. So he asked the crowd, who do I release? Do I release Jesus or do I release Barabbas? Well, officials of the Sanhedrin were there, and I believe that they were moving amongst the crowd at this point to make sure the crowd shouted for Barabbas to be released. A lot of dialogue goes on between Jesus and Pontius Pilate. And at this point, Pontius Pilate challenges Jesus. 
tells him that he has the power to pardon him or to crucify him, of which Jesus answers back to Pilate and says, you have no power unless that power was bestowed up to you by my Father in heaven. And so the crowd says, let him be crucified, crucified, crucified. And so then Jesus is then set to go to Golgotha. And as you know, the Roman soldiers, they took Jesus in the praetorium and they gathered a whole garrison around him and they stripped him and they put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him, and they mocked Jesus, saying, Hail, Jesus, King of the Jews, and they they spit on our Savior. They took a reed, and they struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him and put his own clothes on him. And then, as he was beaten and battered, a crown of thorns thrust until his skull. They led him away to be crucified. And they began the journey to Golgotha. And as Jesus was stumbling, a man came out, a man of Cyrene. His name was Simon. And they forced Simon to carry his cross. Jesus is led to Golgotha. The Roman guards hammer the nails into his wrists and into his legs, and he is thrust upon that crossbar, and he is crucified. They put a sign over his head. This is Jesus, who is king of the Jews. Along with two robbers, he was crucified. One on the right, one on the left. Many people were blaspheming Jesus while he was upon the cross. They were wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. You who are the Son of God, come down from the cross. The chief priests were there. They were mocking him, along with the scribes and the elders. They were yelling at him, saying, hey, he saved himself. They yelled at him, I should say, he cannot save himself. If he were the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let God deliver him now if he will even have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. So from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, there was darkness all over the land. Jesus gave up his spirit. Jesus said it was finished. Jesus instructed John, who was there, and his mother Mary and the other Mary, instructed John to take care of his new mother, which was Jesus' mother, of which we have accounts that John was very faithful to the words of the Savior. So Jesus is crucified. When Jesus is crucified, there's a great earthquake. In the temple, the veil was ripped in two. Darkness came over the land. Everyone knew now that this was just no ordinary man. And in the midst of that turmoil, as Jesus had expired, Joseph of Arimathea comes upon the scene, and he offers Jesus, offers his burial place for for Jesus to be entombed. And Jesus is prepared. He's wrapped in the burial clothes, it must be done very quickly because all this must happen before sundown. And so Jesus is placed in the tomb. And of course we know the glorious story that on the third day when the women came to the tomb, Jesus was not there. 
even with an armed guard, to make sure that no one could come and steal the body and thus perpetuate a big hoax of a story, Jesus was resurrected. And of course, on that fateful morning of the empty tomb, and of course, Jesus not only showed himself to the disciples there, but later in Galilee. It is the hope of the Easter story that we have today. Now, I want to share with you that the Easter story and all of its details are richly documented in the Gospels. And in the brief one hour that we had to share with you today the story of Easter, we certainly could not bring you all of the compelling dialogue and the stories, the words of Jesus, because time would prohibit that. But this is the time of the Holy Week. This is the time where I very much encourage you to seek out maybe the Gospel of Matthew, So much of the story of the last week of Jesus is laid out in that gospel. But yet there's also compelling accounts in Mark and Luke and John. And to get the entire story of Easter, you need to check out all four gospels. But as we close, I want to ask you, do you know this King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Have you ever considered the claims of Christ if you do not know him? Jesus came to save you. Jesus came to love you. I can't think of a a more appropriate time if you don't know Jesus for you to spend this time during this holy week to get better acquainted with the claims of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would urge you in a very simple prayer to ask Jesus to come into your life. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Ask Jesus to make you whole. To ask Jesus to redeem your life. Because I want to tell you that is the most important decision you will ever make. And, of course, you will be spending eternity somewhere. That's right. You will live forever. And we believe you will either live in eternity in either heaven or in hell. And, dear brother, dear sister, we want you to join us in this life dedicated to Christ and join us for all eternity in heaven. For Jesus tells us the moment that we pass away on this earth, we are absent with the body, present with the Lord. I hope you make that decision today. Thank you so much for being with us today in this very brief story, the story of Easter, the final week of the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on this earth before he went home to be with his Father in heaven. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being part of our WTBN family. From all of us here at WTBN, we wish you a very blessed Easter.